0: Hello, my friends, welcome to episode 12 of the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm Steph Johnson. I'm so glad you're back this week to join me in kind of an unusual look at school counseling and data-driven programming. So buckle up, this is going to be quite a ride and a really interesting way of looking at data-driven school counseling. I don't know if any of you are, well, I'm going to use the word seasoned. Are you seasoned enough to remember the process of writing paper bank checks? Now, some of you folks are too young for that, or maybe you watched your parents do it. Interestingly enough, old school banking practices like writing checks have a surprisingly clear correlation to data-driven school counseling. And even if you've never balanced an old school checkbook before, and I know some of you are wishing I'd quit saying old school, right? (laughs) I'm with you on that. Guys, you're going to want to listen to this because we're going to break down advocacy through tracking daily transactions, reconciling your records and using this to inform and refine our transactions in the future. This is going to give you a totally different way of looking at your job. So I'm really dating myself here, but back in the day, we didn't have debit cards really. If you didn't want to use a credit card and you didn't carry cash, you wrote checks And when you wrote checks, you kept a little check register. And this was back before we had electronic banking, back before you could look at your account online, you had a check register and a little book with all kinds of little lines. And every time you wrote a check for a purchase, you would record it in this little book. You would record the check number and who it went to and the amount and maybe what that check was for. It was really kind of a tedious process as we compare to the way that most people um, run their finances now. If you were lucky or if you could afford it, you had checks that had a carbon copy behind, and when you wrote on the top check, it would press through and make a carbon copy on the the second page. But I can remember um, not being able to afford those checks. I can remember just having the single paper checks to write and having to account for every single thing I spent because... Like I said, you couldn't hop online and look at your balance. So you had to rely on yourself to keep meticulous records of what your bank balance was so that you didn't overdraw your account. And then if you had a partner who was writing checks as well, and we know that often we marry our opposites, sometimes it got exciting trying to make sure we had accounted for all of our checks in our account and that we actually knew how much money we had in there. At the end of the month, we would get a bank statement in the mail, in the actual postal service mail, and it would have a list of every transaction that we'd had that month. And we would go through these little checkbook registers and painstakingly account for every single transaction. And then we would balance that against the balance that the bank sent us to make sure they evened out. Sometimes um, it didn't come out even. You missed a few cents here or there. I can remember sometimes spending an hour trying to account for $2.55. It was a maddening process, um, but it sure made you understand your numbers inside and out. Now, money moves electronically. People aren't reconciling their accounts like that as much, and it truly is kind of a lost art. Now we often use software to do that, right? Or we just rely on the information that the bank provides us online. And I always thought as I was reconciling my check register, I always thought, you know, I was, I was double checking the bank to make sure that they weren't making any mistakes. But really, as I look at it now, what it was, it was budgeting, right? It was auditing my spending and it was budgeting. It was making a plan for the next month. I can remember, too, avoiding making small purchases because I didn't want a ton of little bitty checks coming in. Throwing a wrench in my reconciliation, it was much easier if I had bigger checks and fewer of them, if that makes sense. It just, it kept me really mindful. And so I'm not sure, maybe that's why I love data-driven school counseling so much, because the process is much the same. And my sweet mother, bless her heart, made sure that before I left her home, I had a great, solid foundation of managing my money, being able to account for it, and knowing how the whole process worked. When you think about it, as we collect our use of time data each day, When we record those daily activities, those obligations, and those events, that's like writing our checks, right? When we record them in our spreadsheet, or if we're using SCUDA or whatever it is we're using, recording that use of time is like writing those checks and recording them in the check register. Reconciling Our data, periodically looking at it, seeing what our percentages look like, where our use of time is aligned with our goals and where it's not, is a lot like reviewing that checkbook register, right? Where did my money go? Where did I spend it? Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I spent that much on groceries. Those kinds of things. It helps us really take a critical look at what we've been doing and where we want to go. And then when we balance all that out, when we compare our percentages against each other and against the model that we're shooting for, we can begin to identify any lost time or any misused time or misappropriated time. So it's not always your fault. And I want to get that clear. Sometimes it's because your administrator has directed you to do those things. But no matter what the reason is, it will help you find those little pockets of time and how much... Um, is actually being misused or misallocated. The trick in all of this, though, is to do it and do it consistently. You have to develop this data-driven habit, just like I had to develop the habit of recording every single check I wrote when I started uh, managing my own bank account, You have to develop that habit of going in and recording what you've done as soon as you've finished. I tell my mastermind members all the time that we have to develop habits that we can sustain. And often, I think people try to develop habits that aren't in alignment with the way they truly work. We do a lot of work in our mastermind on, you know, what are some cues you can give yourself to remind yourself to collect that data? Where do those cues need to be planted? How can you automate them so that you can remember to do that? Those are all huge topics of discussion in our mastermind data cohort, because it's got to become second nature. It has to get to the point where you don't even think about it anymore. It's just one of those things you do. And when you can get to that point, you're going to be on fire with data-driven school counseling. Also, I want to point out for anyone who might be a school counseling intern or a brand new school counselor, it's often funny. I kept a lot of those checkbook registers uh, from my younger days, and it's so fun to look back and see the things that I spent my money on, it it makes me giggle from time to time just to see where my money was going. And what I thought was a necessity, what I thought was really important for me to spend my money on now just makes me laugh and laugh. And it takes me back to my days of cassette tapes. Anybody anybody remember cassette tapes or actual physical CDs um, with my fancy disc changer in the trunk of my car? Do you guys remember those? That was when I got a little bit older, but Those purchases seemed so important to me at the time. And now looking back, I realize it probably wasn't the best use of my money. It's a lot the same for us in school counseling, particularly if we're just getting started. If you can start recording your use of time now... As an intern or as a new school counselor, it's going to help you identify those areas of, you know, i got to do it. Well, maybe that wasn't as necessary as I thought. It's going to help you identify those a lot faster because you're going to be able to go back and look at the way that you worked and the priorities that you set and identify how you want to adjust those for the future. Also, if you're an intern, it's going to help you with some future job interviews. We have a whole module on how to take this use of time data for your internship. And turn it into something that can help you get hired a lot faster. And no, it's not just reporting what you did and showing graphs of it, y'all. That's very, very basic. If anybody tries to coach you in interviewing and tells you to do that, run away as fast as you can. But we have a whole method for you in how to show um, data-driven school counseling, even as an intern, even if you're following directions and just doing what you're told to do, and uh, using that to show your expertise and to get you hired a little bit more quickly. But I suppose the whole point of this is that data-driven school counseling and the debits that we accrue our time use of time, the things that we're doing, the priorities that we're setting, keeping a good record of those just like I did in my check register all those years ago and then going through and reconciling that information. Those are some of the most important things. That we could be doing in our school counseling programming. And I think people often resist that idea. They feel like they want to be there for the students. They want to be in things working with kids all the time. And I get it. I so get it. But it's just like spending money. If you're just running around spending money all the time and you never really stop and account for how much you've spent and how much you have left to go, you're not going to do a very good job with your finances. Same thing in school counseling. You've got to stop You've got to account for where your time is going. You've got to audit your time and then budget your future time so that you truly can make the impact that you're intending to make so that you're not just running around blindly executing, executing, performing, performing, doing, doing, doing. You're actually working with intention and with purpose and you know exactly where you're headed with each unit of time that you use. If you don't have a great data collection instrument right now or you don't have a great handle on how to collect or how to sustain the collection of your use of time data, I want you to know we do have a data cohort available inside of our mastermind. It's a group of folks who have really committed to tracking their use of time data. They know it's going to pay off for them in advocacy. Y'all, we've seen so many results of that. Already, um, I will give you two examples. This year, my entire district was able to rid the school counselors of 504 and testing coordination duties, simply due to collection of use of time data. We also have another school counselor in our mastermind who managed to give herself a promotion and went from part-time school counselor to full-time school counselor just by showing use of time, data, information, and the impact that that was having on students. Y'all, I'm telling you, the data-driven school counseling is a game changer. And if you want to be able to run a program that's more aligned toward the ASCA recommendations, you're going to want to be a part of this. You're going to want to jump into this. Make sure you've got some folks around you who can guide you, who can encourage you, who can help pick you up if you fall off the data wagon, because it's okay. It happens to all of us. But the important thing is we figure out how to get back up there and we figure out how to keep the wheels rolling. All right. So just a quick recap of today's episode. Old school checkbooks can teach us a lot about effective data driven school counseling. They can teach us to log our time resources, learn to budget our time, and reconcile our data against our intentions. Three things you can do in order to maintain your focus first, track your daily use of time, just like I tracked the checks that I wrote in my checkbook. Second, Periodically reconcile your numbers to audit your use of time. Intentionally schedule some time to do that reconciliation and then budget for your future time. And All we're talking about doing here is looking at percentages, looking at your numbers and saying, man, you know, I only saw uh, individual students 10% of my week this week. Man, I really want to bump that up. Where can I make up the difference? And then step three, watch for those tiny little time transactions that complicate and eat up your time. Go back and listen to the last episode, episode 11, about time blocking your schedule and bundle all those little tiny activities together to streamline your time and eliminate that overwhelm. It's going to make such a tremendous difference for you. All right, I hope this episode wasn't too out there for you, and I hope some of you youngsters were able to follow us as we talked about all of these old school banking practices. As always, advocacy, empowering, and educating you are at the forefront of our mission in School for School Counselors. We truly want to equip you to elevate your position, both on your campus and in our field at large. And if we can do that, then we've succeeded. I'm so glad that you joined me again this week, and I can't wait to talk to you next week with another episode of the School for School Counselors podcast. Have the best week and take care.